Thanks for listening to another life-transforming message from the team here at C3 Southwest Washington. To find out more about our church, visit c3swwa.com. Hello! Greetings all the way back there! We're in a tent! We have upgraded to a tent! Yay, out of the garage into a tent. How are you? There's so many more people than I thought were actually here. Wow, okay. I didn't get ready for this. Okay, I'm going to have you all stand with me real quick so we can pray. I'm going to tell you what. So last, besides Mary, she got babies, okay? So last week, I spent the week, not last week, I guess the week before, spent the week just praying. I had my own stuff I was going through, and I was just seeking God, just praying and praying and praying. And he honored that, and he just deposited so much insight. It was like the best week of my relationship with God of my life. And I'm, that is 100% truth. And I was like, God, you're giving me such wisdom, such insight and revelation. I was like, this literally is too valuable for just me. It's too valuable. I, it's too much for just me. I, th- I feel like this is something that belongs with more than just me. I only, the only person I told that, that I told God, I was like, God, okay, I feel like this is more, for more than just me. So what you need to do is put me on the schedule. Let me speak. Get me on the schedule. The only person I told that to was Trisha. And like four days later, my dad texts me and is like, hey, do you want to speak in this sermon series? And I was like, Trisha, did you tell him? And he, she did not. So I was like, okay, God. This is obviously a message that you want me to share with these people. So that's why I'm ready. And I hope that you're ready because I believe that God has, I believe that God has something specific for, if not all of you. Let's just say that. So let's pray. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for what you've given me. And I know and I expect, God, for you to heal people, for them to be able to walk away today with just a new new mindset, a new set of eyes, a new heart, God, that they miraculously, they don't have to do anything, that just in this moment that your spirit is going to unlock heaven's blessings in their life, unlock a new mindset, revive a fighting spirit, God, that they as I listen to your words that God, that you're just going to deposit as much as you, as much, how do I say this? You're going to deposit as to match your level of love for them. God, you're just going to unlock heaven's blessings, heaven's insight, heaven's just wonders into their hearts. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. All right. You may be seated. Okay. Show of hands. Who knows the story of Moses in the Bible? I'm pretty sure like all of you guys, I'll be at home, you know. So I want to kind of give you the background, not the story of Moses from when he was an adult, because we've done that before, Um, but the story of him being like his birth and like before he was born and basically his parents. Oh, oh, hello. Basically his parents. So backtrack, Pharaoh, right? He was scared of the Israelites and their growth. They were becoming a bigger, bigger group of people that he was scared that they were going to overpower and overthrow. So what he did is that he ordered his soldiers to kill all the newborn baby boys, throw them all in the Nile River. That's what he was doing because he was afraid of them. (laughs) And so a man, I'm going to say it, named Amram, We'll say that's how it's pronounced. And a woman named Jochebed, they're from the tribe of Levi. They married, and they had a baby boy in the time that they were killing baby boys. And so in verse 2, Jochebed 
was holding the baby and saw, like physically saw that something was special about this baby. She saw something different about him and she was like, okay, God, there's something different about this baby boy, so I'm going to hide him. I'm going to not allow for the enemy and soldiers to kill my baby. So she hid the baby for three months. Could you imagine that? Those of you who have had kids, hiding a baby from everyone, your neighbors, everyone. You got to buy food. You got to throw away dirty diapers. The baby's going to cry. She hid the baby. She fought tooth and nail to hide this baby. She did that successfully for three months, but then as time went on, it got harder and harder and harder, and she just became so just bogged down, I guess, by how difficult this was becoming, so much so that she became so desperate that she she basically threw a Hail Mary. She made a basket, and she put the baby in the basket in the Nile River, in the reeds of the Nile River. That has, like, alligators and monsters and, like, all kinds of diseases probably. Like, that has, it's like a dangerous place, right? So it's, that's the only thing that she saw to do. That was the only option. Could you imagine that was like it she became so de- that's an act of desperation that's a hail mary if i would say, if there was anything like that's that's a hail mary but um so she put the baby in the nile river pharaoh's daughter the princess came down to the river to bathe and she saw the the basket and had one of her maids go and get the basket and so Miriam, who was the baby's sister, was off watching to see what would happen to the baby, right? We all know this. And she was like, oh, hey, do you need somebody to help you? I can go grab a Hebrew woman. She goes and grabs the actual mother of the baby and is like, here, come on, come on, let's go. Um, I have, you can come take care of your son, let's go. And so in verse 9 through 10, Exodus 2, verse 9 through 10, it says, take this baby and nurse him for me, the princess told the baby's mother. I will pay you for your help. So the woman took the baby home and nursed him. Later, when the boy was older, the mother brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. Yeah. (laughs) The princess named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. So today, I want to talk to you about the idea that this is not what I imagined. This is not what I imagined, okay? So now that we kind of know what I'm going to talk to you guys about. Let's kind of retrace back onto, I, I really want to focus on Jochebed and what she went through in this time and the idea that this is probably not what she imagined. Like when she's a teenage girl, she's like, I'm going to have a family, we're going to have kids, and we're going to live a good, happy life. And it obviously did not go that way. So we go back to the beginning of when she saw the baby. She recognized the dream. She saw the future as to what it was going to look like and what her family was going to do, what this baby was going to grow up to be. And she had this dream. She had, and she imagined a future, and she saw something special about this baby. And just right from the get-go, it's already starting off on a bad note because the baby was born in a time that the soldiers were coming around killing baby boys. So she, off the, from the start, already had to work in a situation that was not what she imagined, right? She had to hide the baby, <laughs> and she fought tooth and nail to save this baby. Could This baby's probably crying. She's probably really close to neighbors, or who knows? She's got to throw away diapers or clean cloths or whatever they use for babies. she got to f- f- feed fo- feed the baby food, and her friends are probably like, why haven't, can we, like, come over? Can we hang out? Can we do something? She's like, no, 
She's got to hide the baby. She fought tooth and nail to, to hide this baby to see the miracle take place. She fought to see the miracle take place. And she fought to see God do something miraculous over this baby so that she could fight for this dream and avoid losing the dream and avoid um, further living in something she didn't imagine. Um, so, but as we know, things got worse and that dream seemed to just continue just to fade away. She's fighting tooth and nail, and she's clawing at it, fighting, doing everything she can, yet the dream just seems just to keep going further and further away because the baby gets harder to hide. It says that in those verses that it just it gets harder and harder. She's just becoming so desperate. I can just imagine her. Like, it leads up. We know that it starts off with her hiding the baby, but then it leads up and escalates all the way up to when she's putting the baby in the Nile River. So her act of desperation, her frustration, her anger, her sadness, her hopelessness, it's all going upwards in this situation. She's just, she doesn't know what else to do. And so things get worse. She becomes desperate. And the only thing she could do is to throw that Hail Mary, make a basket, put the baby in the basket, put her, put the baby in the river. And you know that she's just, she's done. She can't handle it because it says in the Bible that Miriam stood there to watch what happened to the baby, but that she ended up having to go get the mother. So the mother just couldn't even watch what was going on. She had to like, I, I can't watch this. I can't watch what happens to this baby. I have to, I have to go. I can't be here anymore. She's lost that hope of what she thought her future would be, what her, she thought the baby's future would be, her family. She lost that hope and she was just lost in what, it was just not what she imagined. And so um, it was official that when Pharaoh's daughter found the baby, it was official that that dream was going to go that way and she was going to go that way. It was just going to go two separate directions. The baby, thankfully, she fought tooth and nail to save that baby and that baby would live on. That, that was a huge blessing. But this is not what she imagined. She thought she would live with the baby, right? That way when you have a kid, you would think that you have the future with the baby, right? Those of you with kids, that's what you imagine. I mean, that's your kid. And so she, she ended up um, having, being able to take care of the boy, right? That's what Pharaoh's daughter, she paid her to take care of the baby. And it's not like the only option she really had to do was to be able to raise the baby and then to give the baby back. Was she going to go hide off in the wilderness with the baby? Pharaoh's daughter is paying her. It's like she's expecting the baby to come back. You know, she's like going to come after you if you just run off. So the only option she had was to bring the baby, as it says in, I think it's verse 10, that she brought the boy back herself. She brought the boy back. And the only option was to trust God, release the dream, say, God, I know that you have a plan for that baby. I know it's not what I imagined, but you, she saw something different about the baby. She saw, she knew that God had a plan. So the only option that she could see to do was that I, the only thing I can do is to trust God. So that new future for her life is definitely, if you'd agree with me, not what she would imagine. But little did she know that that, what felt like two steps back was actually God's two steps forward. Because as we know in the rest of the story is that action 
because he was in the hands of Pharaoh, led him to go off into the wilderness, and he ended up saving all of Israel, leading them out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of, it says, uh, I don't have it on the screen, but it says in verse 11 of chapter 1 in Exodus, so the Egyptians made the Israelites their slaves. They appointed brutal slave drivers over them, hoping to wear them down with crushing labor. That was what they were experiencing, and this act of obedience, this act of trust in God, saying, God, this isn't what I imagined, but God, I know that your hand is on this. God, you are going to save us in that action. It unlocked heaven's blessings, not just for her and her family, but for all of Israel. Or, yeah, all of Israel. God doesn't orchestrate bad things to happen. We all know that. We say that a lot of, a lot of times here. God doesn't orchestrate bad things to happen, but he will use them for his glory to bring about his goodness, to deliver us into the promised land. Into the promised land. God is going to do that. It may not be what you imagined your life, your situation, what you're experiencing, the feelings that you're experiencing, the emotions, the thoughts, they may not be what you imagined. But God's hand is all over it. He sees it, and he plans to use it. And it's not two steps back. It's actually two steps forward. And I know, I know that some of you in here are experiencing such heartache, such dryness, such, there's, I can like, feel like some some of you are experiencing such uh, such lack of what's the word endurance that you've maybe lost hope in God that you've maybe lost your faith in God his ability to bless you in certain situations that you've actually just given up on a situation because it just got to the point where you were throwing hail marys after hail marys and it's just done like you you had nothing else to do and that you've just lost that hope you've lost the fight that you've lost you you've just lived in that two steps back and you just accepted the two steps back but don't think of it that way you are in two steps forward you you may not see you may not see it because the enemy as I have a verse later on they'll show you that the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy right he's going to come to steal your ability to see God he's going to come to steal your faith your ability to see beyond your situation, your ability to see it as two steps forward, that he has come to steal your ability to trust God, your ability to see and feel happiness, your ability to see joy. Some of you have have had pursuits that you've you've pursued after, and it's just gone downhill. That you're having to close businesses, or you're having to end relationships, or you're having you're just living in a, in a hopelessness. Or even some of you have just maybe not intentionally, but taken on the identity of two steps back. That you believe yourself to be a two steps back kind of person. That you're not enough. That you're not important enough. You don't hold the value that somebody else does. You're not pretty enough, or you're not cool enough, or you haven't done enough, or whatever that may be, that you just see yourself, maybe not intentionally, but you just see yourself as two steps back. But God has designed you to be two steps forward. Just so you know, God has purposed you with a specific purpose, a specific plan. He has given you all the characteristics that you need to be a two steps forward kind of person. The enemy wants to keep you in that place to think that you, what you're experiencing, what your situation is, what you think of yourself, that you are two steps back, you are in two steps back, and that's what your situation is. And that's what it may feel like because we all have emotions, right? But it actually is two steps forward. God has his hands all over you. So I want to encourage you. Who's up for encouragement? Because I know we're all experiencing 
in some way or form a situation where it's not where we imagine, right? Because you all attend a church that is meeting in a tent, right? Right? So encouragement, I just want to encourage you to not blame God. That is the biggest pitfall in the situation because, as I said, in John 10, 10, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. His purpose is to steal your faith in God, your trust in God, your ability to believe in miracles, your ability to see it as two steps forward, your ability to believe for anything else. He wants you to stay in that negative mindset. He wants you to stay in the two steps back. He wants you to be able to see that your baby walked off in a different direction, that you live without a future. You live without that dream. But he, but little do you know that God actually has you in the two steps forward. The enemy wants you to do that. but And he knows it's he's doing that because he knows what God's purpose is. He knows that God's purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. That is what God has for you, and that's what you are able to live in. But the enemy comes to steal that from you. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. God is there to give you that rich and satisfying life. Let, Let me tell you, it is easy, easy to be angry at God. It's easy to question God and be like, God, why? Why, God? It's so easy. Let me tell you, because I know, I know, because I am 27 and single. I know, okay? I spoke about it. I spoke about it a while ago. The benefits of being single, but I did not speak on the, the downfalls of being single, okay? I thought that by the age of 24 that I'd be married, okay? And every year, basically, since I became legal, by, uh, legal, legal, that my dad would be like, hey, Val, this is your year. Okay. Go ahead and tell God that, please, because I think you're on two different pages. All right. Okay. It, trust me, it is easy. It is so easy to be so angry and to be lost in that frustration. Who's with me? That it's so easy to be lost in that frustration, that anger, that inability to see the two steps forward. You're just living and maintaining because you're just so upset. You're just so angry and so lost and so hopeless. And you're just, you see no way around. You're just, you're just lost in that um, doubt and in that frustration. And God, why aren't you blessing me in this situation? I thought that this was a dream. I thought that this is what you had for me. This is what I've dreamed. This is my heart's desire. Why isn't this coming, God? Why? It is easy. Trust me. I don't know about you, but I know for me it's easy. But do not blame God. Because that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to stay stay in that mentality. He wants you to stay in that two steps back. Because he knows the purpose of God. He knows that you are actually in two steps forward. That God doesn't orchestrate bad things. But the enemy wants you to think that. So that you lose faith in God. You lose faith in the momentum that God has you going in. The forward motion that God has you in. And I also want to encourage you to... Obviously not blame God, but then to go to God and asking his plan, to seeking out what he has in store, seeking that um, change of mindset, to tune in to heaven's GPS. And that may sound familiar if you were here a couple weeks ago because Pastor Steve spoke about that, turning on to heaven's GPS. Um, It says in Isaiah 30, verse 18 through 19, it says, the Lord must wait for you to come to him so he can show you his love compassion. I think I need to read that again because I think you all need to hear it again. 
So the Lord must wait for you to go to him. I think I need to read that one more time. So the Lord must wait for you to come to him. That is an action step on your part to come to him so he can show you his love and compassion, to show you those plans and purpose, to show you how you are actually in two steps forward. You don't you don't have to be stuck in that two steps back. You're not, that's not what he has for you, and that's not his plan for you. As it continues on, it says, For the Lord is a faithful God. Blessed are those who wait for his help. O people of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. AKA, you are not in two steps back. You are in two steps forward. I am here to change your mindset. I am here to give you that hope. I am here to give you that encouragement, that strength. I am here to open your eyes, to free you of that anger, free you of that disappointment, free you of that two steps back mindset. He will be gracious if you ask for help. If you ask for help, he will surely respond to the sound of your cries. He will surely respond to the sound of your cries. Um, so when Pastor Steve spoke on this message that exact week, I did my own um, fast and I did my own like seeking after God. I was like, God, okay, I need you. I need you to come through, okay? So I spent that week just seeking God because I was like, I, I just need heaven's GPS. I, need to, I don't want to be stuck in this two steps back mindset. I want what you have for me. I want to see how you see it. I want to see the two steps forward. And so if they can put up the 10 steps, because Pastor Steve had this on his slides. If you have not written this down, if you have not taken a picture of it, if you... You need to, okay? You know when you go, like, to buy something online, nothing has a review? And you're like, hey, that's kind of sketchy. There's no reviews. I'm giving this a five-star review, glowing recommendation. Six stars. Maybe seven. Seven Yes. So if you haven't already, I would recommend, I promise you, God will honor your seeking after him. As it says in Isaiah, for the Lord is a faithful God. He will respond to the sound of your cries. He will impart that hope. He will. This is an easy, practical step. If you want to be like, how do I do that? That's that is easy to follow, and that God will honor that. Let me tell you, that we, as I explained earlier, that was the best week of my relationship with God ever, and it has set me on a new mindset, new path, two steps forward, and it gave me this opportunity to be able to speak to you guys. So I would recommend um, going through that as, and to just ask God, impart what your plan is. God, help me to see this as two steps forward, God. Help me to see what you have for me. And God will deposit heavenly insight. He will deposit exactly what you ask for. He will honor that because he loves you and he wants that for you. And I also want to encourage you guys to remember the love of God and who he is. Because as we said in John, that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And when God has deposited a heavenly insight, heavenly, just all those good emotions, thoughts, open eyes, the enemy will come to steal, kill, and destroy that. I can almost guarantee, I can practically guarantee that, that the enemy, the enemy, the world, whatever, is going to come after that. It's going to want to remind you of that despair and that hopelessness that you felt back in those two steps back. They're going to try to remind you. It's going to get discouraging. Yeah, it's going to get difficult, but that's when you equip yourself and you remind yourself of who God is. In Psalms 13, verse 1 through 2, and verse 5 through 6, David writes, O Lord, woe is me, 
How long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? That's a two steps, two steps back mindset. But then he says, but I trust in your unfailing love. I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. That is him reminding himself who God is, his love. And there's a part in here that says, um, you, I will rejoice because you have rescued me. That applies to, he's remembering his past. He's remembering all the good times, all the good things that God has done. He's remembered who God's character is. He reminds himself and sets those milestones up and those altars. He's able to remind himself, okay, this is, God has done this before. That is who God is. That's what he promised. But that's also a declaration that he's saying that about his future. You have rescued me. I see this. I'm in this. Woe is me state, God. I'm experiencing this attack by the enemy, but God, you have rescued me. And he's saying that as an action step, as saying that dec declaration over his situation. And he's, he's not, I guess, convincing himself, but he's like speaking that over his situation. You have rescued me. You have rescued me. He's looking in the eyes. You have rescued me. You have rescued me. That is well, something that I, rec I encourage you guys to do is set up those things in your life. I put um, scripture on my wall or I put something that God spoke to me on my wall or my phone, just pin up to the top or whatever I need to do. And so um, also surround yourself with people who can speak God's promises and God's encouragement into your life. Because God speaks not only through his Bible, but through people as well. So get yourself with those close, that close-knit circle that can really encourage you and to remind you you're not two steps back. You are two steps forward, and that can help you and remind you because when things get difficult, when things get difficult, when things get discouraging, you can have that support. You can have that, that support to be able to fight with you, to fight that mindset. So I want to encourage you guys as we get ready to sing um, the next song and as we, as we get ready to close and pray. You guys can all actually stand with me. That's cool. I mean, um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Um, I just want to encourage you guys to not get lost in seeing your situation as two steps back. Yeah. Rather, recognize it as two steps forward. Yes, it's probably not what you imagined. This is probably not how we imagined doing church in 2021, right? Yeah, we imagined a building. <laughs> so whatever experience that you're going through, whatever thing that is causing you to question God, get angry at God, a state of emotions that you find yourself sad or hopeless or depressed or thinking of yourself as lower, whatever it may be, that you, you are not actually in two steps back. You are in two steps forward. It's having that mindset and saying, God, I'm not going to let the enemy steal my life. I'm not going to let the enemy come in and take what you have given me. God, I'm going to see, trust that you have a plan for me. I'm going to trust that even though what I imagine is going the opposite direction, I am walking two steps forward with you, with what you have, with how you see me, that this is two steps forward. God's hand is all over it, and heaven's blessings are coming. Heaven's blessings are coming, yes? And let me tell you, those blessings may not be what you imagined either, but they are heaven's blessings regardless, because I can basically, 99.99% guarantee that Jochebed did not but imagine that her baby boy would set Israel free. That can, I, I don't know if you agree with me on that, but I can 
Yeah. That's not what she imagined, but it was heaven's blessing. That is, that is the gift that Israel was able to experience. They were delivered into the promised land simply because of her obedience, her trust in God. She fought for this baby. She fought for it. She believed for it. And even though it went the opposite direction, she had faith in God. She continued to remind herself that God's hand is over this. This is a special baby. And even though it's going to walk the opposite direction, God, I'm going to walk forward this way. I will not see myself in two steps back. So you are not in two steps back. You're not. You're not a two steps back person. You may experience loss. You may experience death. You may experience someone stealing from you, someone hurting you, someone robbing you, someone, something not going your way, something falling apart, something breaking down, whatever it may be that God has you as two steps forward. God has you two steps forward. And I believe that. And I believe that in this moment, without you changing, without you doing anything different, that God is going to set your mindset free, that God is going to open your eyes to see you, to see your situation exactly as he sees it. Okay, so if you're with me, I want you to raise your hands and say, God, I need you. God, in this moment, you are setting mindsets free. You are setting hearts free to be able to see their lives, their situation, whatever it is they're struggling with. God, as two steps forward, they're going to take on that attitude, God. They're going to fight for that two steps forward attitude, God, that you are going to move with them as they move forward, God, into this life to remind them, God, that even though the baby that they fought for is going to walk the opposite direction, is going to actually carry it off in the opposite direction, that God, you have a plan. You have that two steps forward in motion already, God, that you are about to deliver them into the promised land. They are going to walk in your promise. They are going to live in what you have for them, God, that these people, that they are valuable, that they are they are valued. They bring value to the, to the people that they come into contact with, God, that the jobs that they experience is not what they imagine, but God, it is your divine your divine plan to have them in that moment, in that place. God, you are working through everything. God, everything, the bad, the good, you are working in it. Your hand is on it. And God, I ask you to impart wisdom and insight into their lives, into their situations, that they can see you, that they can have hope, that their faith in you is restored, that they are not going to allow the enemy to steal their hope in you, their faith or their trust in you. But God, they are going to be able to walk in just proudness that they know that you have their back. And, and God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for each one of these people. God, I thank you for the stories that are going to come out of this. God, the hope that's going to come out of this, the insight that's going to come out of this, the heavenly deposit of wisdom, revealing dreams, God, revealing a vision and, and plans and purpose that God, it's going to unlock. The obedience and the trust is going to unlock futures. Even though it may not be what imagine, it is going to be a heavenly future. And in Jesus' name, we declare. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, leaders, and what we do at C3 Church, visit our website at c3swwa.com.